ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Is that silence in a little bit? Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Don't up. Fit. Pop pass up in the middle. Got Tucker's it. got it. Ruby run. 15, 10. Hit, oh. hit in. Bernard's touchdown. The Bills make me want to Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It goes to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, you Rome, heard on 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing, on the ESPN app, seen, heard, and everything in between, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, dogs, cats, fish, and every other pet available. Aliens and otherwise. QSportsTalk.com is that place. QSportsTalk.com. Lock it into your brain cells there, friends, because it is a place where we will blow those brain cells away. Save some brain cells just to be blown away by this fact right here, friends. You ready for this? You might want to, like, prepare yourself for this. This is not something you hear every day, okay? This is just not with Bigfoot knocking on your window saying, I know where Elvis is. It's just not something that happens every day. But see, it does. It doesn't sound like it, but it does. Watch a radio show. I know. I know. The guy is drunk. Well, well, I wish I was, but in this case, we're not. You can watch a radio show. How does that happen? QSportsTalk.com. That's how it happens. We got 14 interns out there doing something out there, keeping that thing going if they're on a hamster wheel or how that thing works. But it works, and you can watch a radio program at QSportsTalk.com, but that's not all. You can participate in the live chat throughout the show and during radio breaks when the radio audience is in a commercial break. We are not at QSportsTalk.com. We keep the mics on, we keep the cameras on, keep the conversation going with you. And it's not always about necessarily what we're talking about on the show. It kind of takes on a life of its own. We have different topics. We talk about what we did on the weekend and just kind of different stuff. Once in a while, a naughty word gets mentioned, mostly from Josh. That guy's just got a sailor mouth. So we will get into it all on the radio or at QSportsTalk.com. However you're taking in the show today, greatly appreciate that. Hope you had a terrific weekend. Uh, I am so happy that it's what it is because listen I don't want to be that guy but I'm going to be that guy I hate summer not a fan of summer we are now officially in that the Stanley Cup is over which we're going to get into here shortly during the monologue just uh, killing time till football season mode 
taking Fridays off, getting vacations in there. Once in a while, something will pop up that's worthy of our time. But, you know, summer is just, especially next week, it's 4th of July week, and it's just, uh, it can just be the dregs of sports talk radio. That's why Uncle Brent saves his vacation for the summertime. Now, we're going to do uh, the, the best radio we can for you here, and we're going to have essentially a full week for the summer. We'll be here over the next four days, Monday through Thursday, and certainly things will come up to discuss. We have guests that will join us. It's Mike and Mike in the afternoon today. First up this hour, Mike Waters at 425 NBA Draft. Buddy Bayheim did not get picked, but he is a Detroit basketball member. As is now Jimmy Beheim. They'll both be playing in the Summer League, which starts next week. Cole Swider for the Lakers. The latest on recruiting. And, and Mike is quite the barbecue wizard from what I read in Mike's mailbox. So we might have to get a question or two in there. So what are the chances Buddy sticks with Detroit, that Jimmy can make something of it in the NBA Summer League, and, and Cole Swider will get into all that. And we'll have that conversation. And Mike McAllister is going to join us an hour from now. And ton of recruits visited over the weekend. A couple of commitments for Syracuse football. See, that's the beauty of summer sports talk radio. Cruton never stops. I mean, they do take a little time off in the summer, but there's always recruiting to discuss. I mean, there's always stuff, right? But this is when it just grinds to a halt, right? So we will press forward. We will do what we can. We're here to entertain you, but uh, make no mistake about it. We're, we're kind of entering that dead zone in the Sports Talk Radio Universe. But we've got plenty to get into today, friends, and we will discuss it all with you. With those two guests, we'll uh, hop on the blind side later, 10 questions on a Monday. Um, Another thing we're getting into is, speaking of baseball, why can't the New York Mets send Max Scherzer here for a rehab start? I mean, this relationship between the New York Mets and the Syracuse Mets, by all accounts on the surface, seems to be okay, but this is one of the Instances where you can kind of, to quote Dr. Evil, throw us a freaking bone here and maybe send Max Scherzer to Syracuse if he is, in fact, doing a rehab start, which, in fact, he is. So, get into that a little bit. And you always want to be careful about these things. Maybe there's a reason for it. And you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But the official reason given by the New York Mets is absolutely lame. The Boston Red Sox are on an absolute tear right now, and they're still. 11 games behind the Yankees, who had what I would call a little glitch in the matrix over the weekend against the Astros, as we will get into. That's really the one team they have to fear. The Red Sox are always looming, of course, but a little glitch in the matrix. Nothing to panic about if you're a Yankee fan out there. No, I'm not doing the reverse jinx thing, but something to keep an eye out for going forward as this Yankee juggernaut had to have somebody come in and put a little glitch in the matrix as we will discuss later in the show. But uh, it's hockey withdrawal time, friends. What we just watched, and I'm not going to make any declarations broadly. I'm going to speak for myself here. That's the greatest Stanley Cup playoff I've ever watched. All things considered, start to finish, who ended up in the Cup final. And people have different definitions of what define these things, particularly when your team's not involved. If your team was involved, and of course with the Syracuse Crunch affiliation. There's a lot of familiar names in this thing, and I think most people were rooting for Tampa around here. If you don't have a horse in the race, 
even if you're a Ranger fan, you're like, hey, I respect them. You know, they beat us, so I'll, I'll kind of root for them. But if you're just, you know, an impartial observer, just watching this, and you didn't really have anybody that you're attached to, like me, say as a Buffalo Sabres fan who hasn't watched a playoff game involving my team in now a decade and counting, you can just watch and naturally you start rooting for one team or the other. Like, I hate to say it because... And I took some stuff for this, including from Howard Dolgan, the owner of your Syracuse Crunch, on the uh, on the Twitter, if you will, because Uncle Brent, if you'll recall, picked the Avalanche in six. Oh, good for you! That's right. It's one of three predictions I will get correct in this uh, calendar year. So uh, mark the tape on that, kids. But yeah, I picked the Avalanche in six. So. I mean, my head was rooting for Colorado, but my heart was rooting for Tampa. My brother-in-law, shout out to Sid, big Avalanche fan. I know a few Avalanche fans in my life. So I'm like, hey, look, Tampa's got a couple of cups. If you want to go a certain way on this thing, then let's go uh, Colorado. And they won. That capped off to me what was one of the best postseasons I've ever watched. And what I mean by going back to being an impartial observer, what you consider to be a great postseason, some people love a lot of overtime games. There was enough overtime games, wasn't a ton of overtime games, but if you just want back and forth, enthralling, entertaining, hard-fought, war of attrition hockey that could expand beyond the sport, if you know the sport and you watch the sport and there's certain things you're looking for, great. But with ESPN now involved, and I've been pretty critical of ESPN in a certain realm, their lead opinion talk shows, Get Up and First Take, right, Stephen? Shut the hell up! Not really acknowledging the existence of the National Hockey League, despite being a partner now in the National Hockey League. First Take had a hockey clip today. Can we play the clip again? Oh, good for you! First Take had a hockey I just heard myself in there because the Q Sports Talk uh, feed is open on that channel as well. That's kind of creepy hearing myself like five seconds later. Self in there because the Q Sports Talk uh, feed is open on that channel as well. That's kind of creepy hearing myself like five seconds later. Speaking of being in the Matrix, man, that's weird. Anyway, um, now I lost my chain of thought because I'm hearing myself <laughs> five seconds after I'm saying things. Anyway, getting back to it. With Tampa, with Colorado, with this series, capsulating what I thought was an incredible, an absolutely incredible postseason. What we're going to find out here in the next few days, and you got to be careful about this stuff because you don't want it to sound like an excuse. But I think people that watch this that are not even hockey fans are like, man, those guys look tired. They look beat up. They look like how are they out there skating right now? And last night, refs were swallowing the whistle. So these guys are out there for long shifts. There were times that you'd go two, three, four minutes without a whistle. And here's John Cooper on this, because if this was the regular season, and it certainly was not, it was for the Cup, we would have seen a lot more. Now, we heard a lot of the names that you know from the Syracuse Crunch playing for Tampa Bay. We would have heard a heck of a lot more if this were the regular season. There's Cooper on that. Well, like, like, like Braden Point played two games in this series. He shouldn't play again until September. I, I, I can't tell you like, you know, what it's gone through with 
Anthony, so I, I go down the list mm -hmm. of these guys, of these players, of what they've had to go through. It is, as you've seen, they walk out, they walk down the tunnel, they, sh they shouldn't come back, and when you think they're not coming back, they're right back there on the ice. Um, but all teams go through this, but I've just, I've never... I've never seen this before. Like I, I've never, it, it, the playoffs are a war of attrition, but they just kept coming back. The want to win, the the, the you know the series that some of these players had from Palat to Stammer to Cooch to Vazzi to like go down the list. Uh, remarkable. Pat Maroon, former Crunchy, said last night, "You're not going to believe the injury list when it comes out." And there's something special. A lot of athletes play hurt, but there's something special about a hockey player that just wants to lift that cup above their head, which Colorado did, and within five minutes, they can't have nice things. They dented the cup! Now, the cup has been through a lot and will be through a lot in its days. That's why they have Phil Pritchard and, and the other guy there with the mullet that are the keepers of the cup to kind of cut down on some of these shenanigans. But they're going to the team picture. Someone dropped the cup and dented the bottom of the, I mean, that's the Stanley Cup, guys. Can we please take care of the Stanley freaking Cup? But that was hilarious. And it just capped what was such an amazing playoff overall. And Colorado changing its style of play. Colorado won the first two games because they were just overwhelming. They had a lot of rest. They had a lot of speed. And Tampa was like, what is this? Tampa adjusts. They go back home, take advantage of the crowd, make Colorado play their style, take advantage of some great games by Vasilevsky, force Colorado into some mistakes, get that thing to where it's manageable. But this thing was not going to be decided until somebody won on the road, well, Tampa Bay won on the road. In Game 5, when Colorado wanted to win the Cup in Denver, first Cup they would have won since 2001. They've won three Cups in their history, but you know, I would have been massive. Not that they're not having a good time today, but it's always better when you can win it at home. Colorado goes to Tampa in that environment. And I think at some point, Jared Bednar just told his team, and here's what he said about winning the cup. We'll play this in a second. But he just said, look, these guys, God bless them. They're just out of gas. And John Cooper admitted afterwards, not, not something you typically hear a coach say, but they were just out of gas. So let me switch around the clip. This is actually John Cooper. Here. I've never seen anything like this or been more proud of a team than this group. Wow. And I will, I will always remember them. And we didn't win. Wow. And that's uh, it's a tribute to them. It was, uh, it's, it's crushing, though. It is a tribute to them. What I think you cannot say, even though we're in a, a salary era, the, the world is different than when the Oilers in the in the. Islanders won four cups in a row in the early 80s. That is not a dynasty. You do have to win, I think, more than two cups in a stretch of time to be considered a dynasty. So that's the mark that will go against Tampa there. I think those are well words there from John Cooper to describe this team, the appreciation, the admiration of what they did in the modern era, but don't call them a dynasty cannot do that unless they want a third straight cup, then we're having a completely different conversation about this team, which is tough to do. Like I said, Howard Dolgan's breaking my chops, and I got Crunch fans reaching out to me on social media and other places. How could you pick Colorado? Because at the end of the day, like Cooper said last night, we met our match. They were the better team. Folks, I can't even begin to describe to you Cal McCarr. I can't even attempt to describe to you 
how good he is, how good he's going to be. The kid is 23 years old. He's won the Calder Trophy, Rookie of the Year, the Norris Trophy, Best Defenseman, the Conn Smythe Trophy, which until today, uh, Jordan Capozzi was not aware what the Conn Smythe Trophy is. Then I'd throw that in there. He's 23. Like, any comparisons to any great defenseman in the history of the game is not out of bounds. Like, Wayne Gretzky was comparing that kid to Bobby Orr. So, this postseason, I think, satisfied and scratched the itch of a hockey fan like me and the hockey fans out there, but I think it passed the mom test. I think if my mom tuned in, she could see how hard they're playing. She could see the style of play, the entertaining games. I think every Stanley Cup game, and I know I'm biased here, but I I call out a, a turd sandwich when I see one, right? Like, most of the NBA playoffs just weren't entertaining. They weren't close games. You know, we're, we're trying to make the best out of 10, 12, 14-point deficits, and just can't do that. There were so many close games, so many back and forth. Just even last night, low-scoring game. Tampa had, what, three shots in the third period? But in the great line from Gladiator, tell me you were not entertained by that. So this year, the hockey postseason won out. ESPN having the rights back. TNT, and they're and again, we're biased here because Liam McHugh is a friend of the show, but tell me they didn't do a great job presenting the product. Shout out to ABC last night, by the way. As critical as I've been of Get Up and First Take and some of the lead opinion shows, like basically being forced to talk about hockey by gunpoint, ABC, I have never seen a network stay with the coverage as long as they did. Typically what would happen is NBC, when they had the rights, would show like the first couple guys with the cup and then they dump it over to whatever that sports channel they had that doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, send it over there. I mean, ABC's got ESPN. I believe ESPN had a baseball game go into extra innings last night. Maybe that had something to do with it, but ABC's got hundreds of local affiliates that are doing the Judge Judy meme. Hello, we got a newscast to get on the air. And they're like, no, they stayed with it. For like an hour. So credit to them. They did the cup. They did the photos. Tons of interviews. Coverage. Just take it in the scene. It was incredible. So I give them credit for that. It was like a big makeup call. For not having hockey. For whatever it was the past. Since 2005 I believe is when ESPN gave up the rights. It all helps the sport. And look. The local connection was always there. But I would feel this way even if we didn't have the crunch connection. And I, I did feel bad picking Colorado in six, but I got to tell you guys what I believe. And I turned out to be right in this case. But it doesn't change anything about Colorado, by, uh, about Tampa Bay and what they accomplished. And they're not done. I mean, Cooper and Stamkos and a number of the players at postgame last night, you would expect them to say this in a way. They were adamant. Oh, we're not done. We just ran into the better team here, and they're right. This is not going to be the last Stanley Cup that John Cooper coaches in, and I don't think it's going to be the last one that they have the chance to play for, and I feel like they've got another cup or two left in them. But I think what we saw here is just how damn hard it is. And I'll tell you what, Ranger fans feeling good about their team back in the conversation. The Islanders have kind of sniffed at the past couple of years. If you're a Buffalo Sabres fan out there, this Colorado team Five years ago was the worst team in hockey. You find the right management, the right guy, develop, and this takes years to do. And I think Buffalo, I'm not going to tell you they're going to win the Stanley Cup in the next five years. 
but they have the right leadership now with Alex Tuck, Syracuse boy there, right? And Ocposo and the guys that, you know, I can go through all the names here. The young core that's getting older. They've got the right GM. They've got the right coach. They've certainly got great backing from ownership, which has turned around the Buffalo Bills. That hasn't worked the past couple times around, but maybe the Sabres have figured it out. Watching Colorado gives me hope. Now you got to find an all-world goaltender, and there's a couple other pieces that you got to plug in there. But I feel like, man, Colorado is the worst team in hockey twice in the last 15 years, and they just won the cup. It can be done. This is a sport. It doesn't have quite the parity the National Football League does, but it is a sport. You can turn things around in a relative quick period of time. Do I think Buffalo's going to win the Cup in the next five years? I mean, maybe I'm trying to will this into existence by saying I think the Bills will win a Super Bowl before we see that. I'd rather see the Bills win a Super Bowl, frankly, before we see that. But if you're a team of a, a fan of a team like that, pardon me, you watch somebody skating around with the Cup last night and you say to yourself, how far away from that are we? Colorado was the worst team in the NHL five years ago, so maybe not as far as you think. <sighs> into hockey withdrawal we go. Into the official, we're just killing time till football season mode. You know, a few other things will pop up as we go here, but uh, it's summer. It's officially summer now that the Stanley Cup has been handed out and dented, for that matter. Take care of that thing, Colorado. We kind of need it. Let's break on that note. When we come back, we're going to switch gears because Buddy and Jimmy Beheim, Detroit basketball. Both Detroit Pistons. We're going to get Mike Waters' take on that. Cole Swider going to the Lakers, how things rounded out, not necessarily from the NBA draft, but what happened after the NBA draft. And I want to get Mike's take on my opinion that I think it's great that it worked out. I think there is uh, more than one way to skin a cat, and there's more than one way for Syracuse to prove that they can funnel players to the NBA. I still think you need your name on that screen more often to really – fortify the fact that you are a program that sends players to the NBA. Now, I'm talking about 10 years ago, 15, I'm talking about right now and going forward, most importantly. So we'll get Mike Waters coming up in just a few minutes. Looking forward to that. Let's see how the markets did on this Monday, June the 27th. As we said, summer knocking on the door, Fourth of July weekend coming next weekend. But, uh, Mike, I know you guys were were working today and going at it. How, How things work out on this Monday? Well, we were down a little bit, Brent, but we had a great day last Friday, the biggest up day of the year. So coming into today, last week of the quarter, we just wanted to kind of hold on to it, and we were basically flat. The averages all closed down about two-tenths of a percent. The NASDAQ was a little weaker than that. We did have a couple nice diamonds. Nike is trading up uh, $2 after hours on better-than-expected earnings. Uh, Another stock with a little bit of a local twist, Bristol-Myers, hit an all-time high today, around $80 a share. And for a dog, we're going to go with Coinbase, a crypto website for buying and selling with the demise of crypto in the last couple of months. Uh, Coinbase was downgraded today to a sell at Goldman Sachs, and the stock closed down $6 to around $56 a share. And I also want to get out there, Brent, that I'm going to vouch for you because I sat on hold a couple weeks ago before game one, and I remember you saying Colorado in six. So you, you just uh, – 
People think I make this stuff up. I want to up. make sure everyone believes you. I was I, listening that I appreciate that, day. that. I need someone to validate this. Like, you know, when you watch those movies and it takes two guys to turn the key, to turn the missile That's on. That's like right. I need confirmation, and you, and you gave that well, to us, Mike, and I appreciate that. Well, you're welcome. Good call on your part. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you soon. That's our good friend Mike from Lee Baldwin and Company. And uh, shout out to Bristol Myers. Good to hear they're doing well today. And uh, But he was talking about uh, the, the crypto stuff. So my idea for Axe Coin apparently is not not, not a good time to, to get that. I'll make note of that. Mike Waters, ladies and gentlemen. Always worth the investment. He joins us next here on the block ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we welcome you back. On the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com, presented by the Wildcat Pizza Pub. Well, before we uh, tell you about a, a major league star we should be seeing in Syracuse, New York tomorrow, we, we talked to this star, the star of, of sports gambling, tambourines, bad jokes, and, and so many other things. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Scooter in Jamesville on the block. Scooter, how you doing, bud? Yeah, so that's good. You know, I'm 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 in a little trouble when I you know getting getting the neck of the tambourine. I'm I'm not trying to use the spider the spider tack, and I having troubles with the uh, <laughs> rotation of the symbols there. The racial the rotation of the symbols on the tambourine. So it's a I'm, tambourine. You, know, you just bop it. it between one hand to the other. Like why are we no, getting into no, performance hey, enhancing drugs here and all well, sorts of things? Well, you haven't you haven't seen me perform. That's that's it's it's it, let's put it this way. It's uh, it, 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 I take it to a new level. Of course, my, uh, like I said, I I'm actually uh, totally left-handed now because of the uh, rotator cuff injury. So I'm down to the my well, goodness. But, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations on the pick uh, for the uh, Stanley Cup. You're I didn't right bet on, on it. There. I didn't bet on it, but I, I will no. take the accolades. I'll take the attaboy. All right, all right. Um, I was talking to Josh. Uh, one thing I did find over the weekend, I found a. A new progressive religion, and I was trying to get Josh to conform. It's uh, Mount St. Mary's of the Over Under. Uh, yeah, and they have when they when they pass the collection plate, they have ways that you can uh, you, know, you can put in the collection plate, check cash, poker chips, or un uncashed we'll betting yeah. slips. Take it yeah. off. Yep. Yep. Bail bonds. They got it all in there. Yep. Oh, I got everything. Communion. They use uh, light beer and salted pretzels. That's pretty good. I like the sound and, of this church. Yeah, and the best the best thing about it though is that you don't have to be there in person unless there's a non sporting event on Sunday. So chances of that happen and you know, we're talking curling's always somewhere in the in the in the world. So you don't have to go to church. There's in always person something either. going on. I like this. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm converting. You you sold me. I'm in. Hallelujah. Yeah. Let's yeah, go. It's a, now it's a, you just brought ahead. you just brought it up, Scoot. Okay, we're kind of entering that time of year where there's not a, a lot yeah. going on here. So, exactly. do, do you lay low? Do you, do you work on the tambourine a little bit more? Yeah. Without as much I, to bet on? I know you don't bet on baseball, right? I know nope, you don't bet on nope. UFC. You don't nope. bet on, I mean, there's there's not a ton out there. Car there racing, isn't. no. I know there's well, a little horse racing coming up, yeah. right? We'll get amped up for Saratoga and that coming up yeah. soon. You can always go to Vernon Downs, I guess. So, there's stuff, but just man, 
We're, yeah. we're, we're hitting that dry point of, of things to bet yeah. on for like a good month here. Yep, Saratoga starts on the fifteenth. Now you're 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 on vacation every 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 Friday for a while, right? You're going to be on vacation through uh, July, I assume, on Fridays. Every Friday, uh, every Friday, July and August, and I got a couple okay. weeks off coming up in July, and and one in the month of August. Yes. Yeah, because I remember last year when I was up there and live on your show, we hit, we gave, we gave out two doubles oh, and an exacta. Right. But that's right. But we were, but but I'm up there on the 22nd, which is a Friday. So at uh, we'll be able to do it this year. But it's a must see if you guys. I mean, just going up there, I call it Onondaga Park with a track. It's in the and also outside the area. Think you know the the races are in the afternoon. Plenty of stuff to do around there, especially in the Lake George area or Saratoga. It's just a great, you know, venue as far as, and that's why people go from, you know, maybe, you know, maybe even around around the United States, you know, venture up to Saratoga. It's great, but uh, you're right. I, the only thing I took all week, to be honest with you, I went I went to watch the hockey game Friday night with the with the idea of maybe betting the hockey game, but the 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 money line kept jumping sporadically depending on who was winning. But I did catch and this is the only this is the only uh, baseball game I bet the whole week. The Mets are playing the Marlins. Was five two, bottom the seventh. Marlins loaded the bases. The over under went up to twelve and a half runs. Ooh. And I was banking that the Marlins weren't going to score a lot of runs, and they only scored one run, five three, and that's what the final score was. So that's the only way I would bet baseball if, if it's in game and something will let you go. And uh, the other thing is, I, w- I was home, but I tell you right now, body language, I knew the Yankees were coming back Thursday night because that pitcher didn't want to throw a strike. And he walks the first two batters, and you just can tell. I mean, he's you know he's he's the ace, I guess, of the uh, pitching staff. But you can tell body language; he was afraid to throw a strike. So you do and, get into the baseball a little bit. Got to got to scratch that well, itch here and there. I like. That. Well, no, if, if, if there's nothing else going on, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet before the game. I, you know, it, it, but let's just put it this way: the Pirates swept the Dodgers <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Okay, that's baseball. Now, if the Pirates can sweep the Dodgers. Anything's possible. My my thing was everybody wins sixty. Everybody loses 60, so it's 40 games difference. And if you bet the Yankees, well, it's probably going to win 100 ball games this year. If you bet them every game, you're probably still going to lose because you got to give up almost 300 for like tonight's right. 280 for 100. Right. So now to me, it's fun horse racing. Bella Sophia should run third. Keep an eye on that. Uh, keep an eye on them when, when she runs. She's running Saratoga, so. There's something to keep an eye on, but I just want to call and congratulate on the pick, though. That was that was right on. Thank you, buddy, and uh, get working on that tambourine, and hope your uh, injury gets better there, my friend. We'll see you soon. That's the great Scooter in Jamesville, ladies and gentlemen. Entering the slowest season for Scooter. We've got to find stuff for him to bet on. Maybe we'll, we'll find obscure things from around the world that Scooter can bet on here because uh, we're, we're hitting that slow season on, on things to wager on. If Scooter's talking baseball picks, then you know he's desperate. Uh, speaking of baseball. I don't want to make a huge deal out of this, but I just find it interesting that Max Scherzer is going to make a rehab start for the New York Mets tomorrow. He's going to make that rehab start, despite Max Scherzer saying last week that he doesn't want to be a Binghamton rumble pony. And who wouldn't? But he is going to make that start again for Binghamton tomorrow. Now, the game is in Hartford. Hartford is only like a two-hour drive from New York City. The Mets are home this week whereas Syracuse is about a four-hour drive from New York City. Here's where I feel like the New York Mets have to give the Syracuse Mets, in the words of Dr. Evil, throw me a freaking bone here. 
No offense to the great uh, Taco Tuesday promotion over there at NBT Bank Stadium, but nothing creates a buzz at a AAA baseball game like a player like Max Scherzer coming in. The only other thing that can match that from a baseball perspective is when you have like a mega super prospect. And I go back to when Steven Strasburg was pitching here. That was in an event town. That was an event. The, what was it, four or five starts he made here were incredible. There was a buzz in the ballpark. There was traffic from all points entering NBT Bank Stadium, which I believe had a different name at the time. That was like 10 years ago. It feels like yesterday. And it feels like yesterday because it wasn't an event. It was big time. You felt like you had to be there. And you don't feel that way often. I mean, look, the Mets are the Mets. They're always there. It's summertime, especially now with things slowing down. The weather's great. want to sit outside on a nice night like tonight, have a cold beer. They're off tonight. But, you know, theoretically, have a cold beer, have a couple of dogs, get the ice cream and the mini helmet. They've got great promotions over there. I mean, that's what summer's all about. But there is that baseball thing. And the baseball over there has been terrible. It just has consistently. Other than a couple of blips on the radar screen, they made a playoff run in, what was it, 2014. I believe the, the first year of the Mets affiliation, they were pretty good. But they have literally been the worst team in AAA baseball twice at some point in the past few years. They're only a few percentage points from being the worst team in AAA now. They the Mets organization only f- now look AAA is not where a, a, a high percentage of your top prospects go, but man, when they do, like a Strasburg. I mean, Bryce Harper was only here for five minutes. I don't even count him in a lot of ways. But when they're there and you know you can see them, that's one thing. If Max Scherzer's doing rehab starts. Can we, like, make the effort to appease your AAA affiliate for one night? Send him here. Even if it's, how many pitches is he going to throw in a rehab start? 50 before they pull him? But it creates a buzz, and people want to see him, and there would probably be a high demand for autographs and all that stuff, and these guys at a certain point become prima donnas. I want nothing to do with it, but... That really disappointed me. And look, you got to be careful about these things. Maybe there's a reason for it. Maybe, you know, you don't want to just like speculate. But when the Mets told our uh, Lindsey Kramer at Syracuse.com, and let me just pull it up here so I can read you the official statement from the New York Mets. So Lindsey Kramer writes uh, this story. Why isn't Max Scherzer pitching in Syracuse? It comes down to geography. And the statement that the Mets gave Lindsey, let me just read you part of the story. New York's AAA affiliate plays at home Tuesday and surely would have welcomed a guest appearance by Scherzer at NBT Bank Stadium. But a Mets spokesperson said on Monday that travel logistics were a decisive factor in Scherzer's assignment. Hartford is just a short two-hour drive from New York City, less than half the time a trip to Syracuse would take. And transporting Scherzer via car is certainly more convenient and comfortable than getting him a plane ticket. What? Okay. The Mets are owned by Steve Cohen, who's a freaking billionaire. All right, so if you want a private jet, you could get a private jet. Can we call Adam Weissman and ask to borrow the private jet? I'm sure he's all about bringing big names to Syracuse. I don't know how big of a baseball fan he is, 
I don't want to put him on the spot here on the radio, but if he's all about bringing big names to Syracuse and the reason that he has mentioned bringing those big NBA players and other celebrities to Syracuse basketball games, same theory as applies. You can actually watch this guy play. And Scherzer is a star. And the New York Mets, I heard from some Met fans over the weekend on this, and they say they're it's obviously great in a lot of ways that the Mets have their AAA affiliate here. I just don't want to dump on them the whole time, but it's a two-way road. you got to get something out of this. This was a perfect opportunity to plunk a star on a random Tuesday night, create some juice, create some buzz, get people in that ballpark for baseball. Minor League Baseball is so much more about the giveaways and the fireworks and you know, just a night out and everything else. When it's about baseball and it kind of closes that loop and both worlds come together, there's nothing like it. So the Mets dropped the ball here, the New York Mets in this case. Don't tell me travel logistics. Oh, two more hours. He is somebody who's been around the block a few times, and I think he can handle it. He's a well-compensated individual who can suck it up and ride a couple more hours in a car or take a short flight. I, how much is a freaking jet blue flight? I know flights are being canceled these days and you know, they're not very reliable. You know what I'm saying? It takes less than an hour to fly here. This is not when the Mets had their AAA affiliate in Vegas and this would be an inconvenience. Give me a freaking break here. I mean, I know it's a different sport and they don't play every day, but the crunch and the lightning make it work when these type of things happen why can't the New York Mets just work something out here why and I'm sure Scherzer had a say in this I'm sure he'd rather just ride two hours in a car even though he said last week I don't want to be a rumble pony at least here you're literally a Met got that going for us which is nice but don't give me travel logistics here we're not talking about a case of like either pitch in Hartford just two hours away or we're going to send you to Montana It's a couple more hours. If you drive, if you take a flight, which would be easy to arrange, it's like 45 minutes in and out. You can come in. You can do the Jimmy Dugan. You can pitch. You can tip your cap to the the fans. You don't have to sign autographs or any of that stuff. Just give us something here. Give the fans something. I don't want to say they deserve. That's a strong word, but it would be a nice gesture. If you're going to make a rehab start anyway, can we give your AAA affiliate a little juice? It's a long season. There's only so many promotions and wacky things you can do. You know what sells at a baseball park sometimes? Baseball, the sport. There are still names in the sport that draw. He's one of them, and I think the Mets dropped the ball on this one. But, you know, logistics. We'll break and go on the blind side. Stay right there.